I wanted to play that video because I wanted to go into this. Most of y'all probably seen this picture this week on the news with the uh, shooting in San Fernando. Is that Fern- God isn't fixing this. This was the headline in the New York paper that put, uh, after all the shootings and everything that's going on in America, this was posted. This was, I, turned, I was getting ready to come to church. Uh, it was, I don't remember what day it was, middle part of the week, and they, they were, of course, all your mainstream stations were posting this. God isn't fixing this. And, and listen, God can't fix it when he's not in it. Amen? And, and that's what we don't realize. Of course, this was just a slap in the face. This was making fun of prayer. You can't see, but if you could open it up on your phone, it's highlighting. Talking about prayers not fixing nothing and all the Christian things that we have in America is not fixing. It's hard to fix it when God's been taken out of our school and been taken out of the courthouse. He's been taken. Listen, we shouldn't expect God to fix anything in our lives when he's been taken out. Or we just see him on Sunday morning and we don't speak to him the rest of the week. It's hard for God to fix us too. Amen. And so I just wanted you to see that on the daily news that they had. I entitled my sermon, Jesus, I Need Some New Stuff. And I don't know about y'all, but when, when we go through life and we go through uh, uh, different trials, I, I, I need a, a new dose of God. When Satan's on the prowl and he's on the attack in my life and in our church's life, we need a new, fresh uh, uh, experience of God's presence in our lives. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but how many of y'all get attacked during the week? Here's the thing about it. Some of y'all didn't raise your hand and say, man, everything's good with me. Let me know. Storms and the trials of life and the attacks of the enemy. Listen, if you're not going through them now, hang on, baby. They're coming. Amen. If you're not going through them now, they will come through them. Or you have been through trials. And listen, God sets them up for God-divine appointments for us when we go through trials. Listen, I've, I've felt God's presence and met Him in a real way when I'm at my lowest sometimes. I could think back through the years, and, and listen, we don't. these aren't everyday experiences, but when, uh, when you really have a miracle experiencing God-defined moment, it's like, it's like God is just standing there. I mean, His, His little presence. Now, we feel His presence every day. The Holy Spirit's indwelling inside of us, and so we can feel God wherever we go. We don't have to be in church to feel His presence. Amen? You can feel it at your office, on your job, riding in your car. God, but at certain times, at your low spot, whether trials are coming or whatever's happening comes in your life, that's when God seems the biggest. That's, that's when I've experienced some of my best revival times with God. And, and this is where America's at today. We're not going to, listen, it's hard for America to have a revival when she's got everything or thinks that she has everything. I truly believe for America to have revival and to see a great awakening take place in this country we live in, it's, things will get a lot worse. God's going to strip us down totally tea to nothing, so we have to do nothing but turn and repent and humble ourselves and call upon Him. That'll bring revival, but we're not there yet. <laughs> Y'all, you say, have you watched the news? Listen, the news has been like that in every generation. Watch the 60s. There was violence in the 60s. There was violence in the 70s. Yes, it's worse now. I don't know, it's worse, but the thing about it is we get it quicker. We see it quicker. There was a lot of violence in the 60s. We just didn't have worldwide social media for it to happen as quick as we see. It doesn't take now. A mass shooting in California, you'll know it within five minutes. 
Back in the 60s, Paul Revere had to tell you. Amen? Some of y'all feel old, don't you? But sometimes in my low times, in the weeks that I'm having, I need some new presence, a new spirit needs to rise up in me. I need a new refreshing feeling of the Holy Spirit in my life, in my lowest times. And some of y'all here may be going through trials. Some of y'all may be going through a death. Some of you may be going through marriage problems. You may be having problems with your kids. Whatever it may be, if not, they are coming. You will be attacked. You have an enemy called the devil. Satan, he's accuser of the brethren. And so if you're trying to live for Jesus Christ today, I can tell you you're going to be attacked. If you're trying to get your family in church, trying to do what you need to do, you're going to be attacked by Satan. And sometimes I get discouraged. And it's okay. Listen, it's okay to feel discouraged. How many of y'all ever just want to cry out to God? God, why is this happening to me? And the ones of y'all that's not raising your hand... Jesus, I need new stuff. There's times where I want to cry out to God, just tell Him, listen, I'm really discouraged today. Jesus, I'm discouraged, uh, and i got to preach Sunday. Amen? i got to stand before this crowd and preach you to them. Tell them how big and marvelous and wonderful and faithful you are, and I'm down and out. And, and, and it's at them defining moments that, listen, the Holy Spirit comes back and reminds me of God and His Word and His faithfulness, and He just washes me with His presence. That's what the church needs today. We, listen, we need to stop having church just to come to church. We need to stop just coming in for another service, same sermon. He's going to, i got to take this off. It's long enough. <laughs> Amen. Y'all got the picture. You got the picture. It's okay to express your feelings to God. It's okay to tell God, God, why is this happening to me? God, where are you? God, you mad at me. God, why, uh, uh, why am I experiencing such doubt and discouragement? Why, am I, why is this happening to me? I go to church. It's okay to express that, but for a child of God, we don't need to stay there. That's where Satan does his best work. That's where he tries to beat us down with the trials of life is when we stay in that condition for a day, uh, two days, a week, some of us weeks, some of us months, and then it just gets more depressing. Listen, I'm trying to preach on real life stuff here today because more than likely all of us is going through it. Believe me, Christmas time is coming, and Christmas is not what it used to be. Today, Christmas is hustle and bustle and buy for 45 family members. Amen? And forget so-and-so and got to get the right deal and go here and do this. And we get so busy with all of that stuff that we forget about what Christmas is really about. And what we really feel the love and to be with our family. Hey, I'm thankful just to spend Christmas with my family. I don't have to have a bunch of stuff. We ought to tell our kids, all I want is you for Christmas. Amen? And so I know what we're going through, and this can be a discouraging time of year. It's a busy time of year. It's Christmas, but it can also be very discouraging. Some of y'all's bank accounts are going to look discouraging. Some of your credit cards are going to be discouraging. But see, if it takes us to have all of that to spend thousands and thousands to make somebody happy, that stuff's not going to make them happy. 
Jesus is here today. I'm telling you, through God's faithfulness in Jesus Christ, that's the only way they're going to... There's some people spend tens of thousands of dollars on Christmas, and it's just another day to them after the 25th. Amen? The toys will wear out, the bikes will break, but God lasts forever. Jesus is here yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Amen? So I need to experience... Listen, for us that's been in a walk with Jesus Christ, or you've been coming to this church, we need to learn how to experience new spirit, the new hope, the new presence of God's Spirit to refresh us along through the year. I can't live off of uh, what happened six months ago uh, through a great sermon that I preached and God anointed me and I felt His presence. I can't live on that for a whole year. I've got to come back week after week and day after day and, and feel His new God's new mercy and His love. And the Bible says His compassions fail not. They're new every morning. I don't know about y'all, but I need to wake up every morning feeling His love and His compassion in my heart. Because if I don't feel His love and compassion in my heart new every morning, after about four days, I get to be a Scrooge. Amen? I start being discouraged. I get negative. If I don't get a... That's why I got to say, Jesus, I need some new stuff. Because the old stuff is souring. Amen? I told Mevlin yesterday, we've, we've had different things hit us. And I said, well, we can't cry it over spilt milk. We'll just make buttermilk out of it and eat it with cornbread. Amen? I mean, hey, what else can you do? But I need some new stuff. Let's go to Lamentations. I want you to look at a book. Probably some of y'all want to know where to find this book at. It's right after Jeremiah before Ezekiel. It's called Lamentations. Jeremiah the prophet wrote this book of Lamentations. It's, Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. It's a very depressing book. Till you get to the middle of the third chapter. And there's a turning point on these scriptures that I'm preaching on today. Is a turning point in this book. But Jeremiah is weeping. He's asking God the same thing. He's saying, Lord, why aren't you not helping us? Lord, you know, I look around and say, Lord, why aren't you not helping our country? Why do you let people make some of the stupidest laws? Why do you let them say some of the stupidest stuff that defy your name on national TV? Lord, why do you allow that to happen? Why do you allow our nation to look funny sometimes in the middle of other nations? <laughs> Amen? Why is not Jesus Christ being raised up in our nation? Why are people, why does people uh, love people that come out of the closet or live in sin and they exalt it, but when a Christian stands up, they want to pounce on him? That's the America we're living in. I'm going to be honest with you. T Tim Tebow didn't make the pros, just he couldn't play football. They can say his arm and his throwing technique's all funny. That's not the only reason why Tim Tebow didn't make the pros. It's also because his number one love was Jesus Christ. And that's not popular to show a picture of a man praying every day before a game. Why do you think the devil's working so hard? overtime to take prayer not only out of school but before a game and now during a game he's on his knees what's wrong with him he he is hurting my feelings everybody in america is getting their feelings hurt everybody in the church i get my feelings hurt i ain't going to that church no more 
That preacher down there preaches straightforward and preaches the truth. That, that hurt my feelings. I'm just going to let you know, if you're going to come to Pleasant Hill, I'm preaching the truth of God's Word. Amen? If your feelings get hurt, church, you take that up with God. But one day i got to stand in front of God and answer for everything I preach and I talk. I'll always preach God's Word. It may not always sound like the Baptist you've always heard, but it will be. It will be the undefined, uncontrollable Word, infallible Word of God, the truth of God. That's what sets us free. In America today, we're in a country and we're in a time where people are running from that. Running from the truth. It's easier to live a lie than to live the truth. Amen? Jeremiah here during these times was crying. The Israelites had done been taken into Babylonian captivity. Their, their Jerusalem, the great city of Jerusalem, had been torn down into rubble, burnt. And, he's, and just imagine, he's going through the city now in chapter... Y'all, y'all can read this later. I can't preach the whole book of Lamentations today. I'm just going to preach on two or three verses, maybe. But back in chapter 1, he's, he's really grieving. He's crying. He's crying out to God. And by the time we get to chapter 3, because if, if, if you know humans and me, I may grieve, I may cry over something for a while, and if God don't answer my prayer, then I start whining to Him. How many of y'all do that? You cry for a while. How many of your kids do that? They cry for a while, then after they cry, then they whine. Jer- Listen, adults, we're no different with our Heavenly Father, Abba, our, our Father God. If He doesn't give us what we want, if He grants us a prayer on time, we go from crying and grieving about our situation to whining about our situation. Then we're mad. Then we go from whining to being angry. I don't know why God don't answer my prayer. He answers theirs all the time. They go to church. They just answer their prayer. They got nice stuff. Everything's going good for them. They're never in trouble. They never had no pain. And me, I just fight the devil every day. I go to work. I come home. I fight the devil. I crank my car up and the devil's in there. I see them down at the restaurant and they're just smiling all, singing kumbaya and hold hands, having family prayer. Everything's good with them. Ever been there? Uh-huh. Most of y'all's guilty because you don't even look up out of your Bible. You're not reading it. But after he got through wine, and, and then he comes to God. And then he comes to God in, in verse 18 of chapter 3. Jeremiah says, And I said, My strength, my hope, have perished from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my roaming, Lord, the wormwood and the gall. My soul remembers it. Boy, I remember, I'm still in deep mourning. I'm still in this trial, Lord. I I feel like I've lost everything. The people, I'm a prophet. Jeremiah preached for years and nobody got saved. Nobody come to the Lord and he ministered and ministered and ministered and no lie. That would would hurt me. (laughs) If anything, if the devil really wanted to hurt me, it's not, uh, because I start wearing it for three weeks. Amen? I mean, if somebody didn't walk down our aisle or come to the altar in about a year, I'd say, Lord, what am I preaching? Because I'm preaching something wrong. Amen. There's some churches and some preachers. I know because I got friends that they haven't had people make a move in over a year. Preach Sunday after Sunday, study, prepare, pray for God's anointing on your word, and you get up there, and you want to give it God's best, 
And for a whole year, nobody comes forward. There's no move, salvation, rededications, baptisms. Nobody even coming to pray and bring their burdens. Boy, I tell you what, this would be one discouraged Jeremiah preacher. Amen. I'd be the weeping prophet. I'd be weeping after that. Because now, the way God's moving our church, if about three or four weeks go by, and somebody don't make a move and come up for baptism or get saved, I'm going, I always tell me, I said, God better start doing something. And sometimes God has to take me through the storms, take me through the trials, let me be attacked, let me experience some things so I will appreciate Him better on the other side of the storm. So I will look to Him and worship Him on the other side of the trial. Because usually before the trial, it's all about me. During the trial, it's all about God. But after the trial, God's wanting to say, now, after the storm, George, who's it about? Now who are you going to worship? Who are you going to walk with? Jeremiah says, my soul still remembers and it sinks within me. His spirit is just at an all-time low. Here's the turning point of the whole chapter. Jeremiah, here's what we got to remember, guys, as a child of God. If you're a born-again child of God, the Holy Spirit will bring back into remembrance His Word when you're at your lowest point. I don't care if it's the middle of midnight and you're laying in bed and you're discouraged and you got thoughts of suicide. Everybody in church says we shouldn't talk about that. It's happening. You'll be amazed how powerful the devil, the enemy, Satan, comes in like a roaring lion and floods your mind with thoughts to discourage, to bring you down to an all-time low. If he can get you to think there's no way out, the devil wins the battle. But here's what the Holy Spirit does and the anointing of God does in your lowest time. When you think there's no way out, he'll bring up a scripture like 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says he'll make a way when there's no way. Talks about you may be tempted and you may, you may go through trials, but God will make a way of escape. That's what his word says. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit. Let me let me go to that verse, Michelle. I don't want to miss. I'm not preaching to what I give you, but that's okay. Let's go to First John. I want to show them that scripture when you're when you're down and out, when you're like Jeremiah, and it's your low point. And this is a great. Hey, this is a great sermon. You say, man, you're preaching on low stuff. It's going to get better in a minute. This is encouraging today because the thing about it is, if you're at a low point today, and a child of God. It's okay to cry out to God. It's okay to cry to God. It's okay to whine to God. It's just not okay to stay there. Amen. You can cry to Him. You can be mad at Him. You can express your feelings to Him. But you can't stay there as a born-again believer. He wants you to get up and move on. Your past does not have to define your future, Christian. I, I just truly believe that. You say, what do you mean? If Ian Cumpy can preach God's Word and what he's been through, and a lot of y'all don't know who he is, but that's the preacher that come Tuesday night and spoke to our men's ministry from Malvern. He has been in prison three times before the age of 23. Between 18 and 23, he is in prison three times. He'd get out, and, and, and here's the deal, but this is what Satan, this is what Satan lulls the church and, and the believers with. He thought every time that he got out, if he would just act good, 
wear the right clothes on Sunday and go to church every Sunday, everything will be okay. And that's what a lot of Christians think today. If I'll just go to church on Sunday, act right, watch my mouth this week, wear the right clothes, go to church, my life will be great. Guys, that, I'm telling you, you fix an experience hell with that attitude. Amen? Of Satan and all of his demons are going to attack you with that attitude. Because it's not just a Sunday, get up and go to church, put on a religious mass type of God we serve. He's a God that wants me to experience Him on Monday when I get out of bed and I'm at my low point. At Monday at midnight when I'm at my low point, He wants me to pray to Him. He wants me to experience new stuff from Him. God don't want to hear something from six months ago. He wants something now. He wants to experience something now with Him, not when you got saved. I'm, I, I, it's sad to say, Benny, but most Christians, the last great experience of God they have was the day they give Jesus Christ their heart, when they got born again, when they got saved. That's, their, that's the greatest experience, the last greatest experience. God doesn't want us to be just saved and experience one time. He wants you to experience Him daily. His compassions, His mercies fail not. They're new every morning. Let me read that to you. And I'll go to 1 John here in just a second, Michelle. Here's in verse 21. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. No matter how low you are this morning, no matter how far down you are, you have hope in Jesus Christ. How many of y'all agree? Everybody, hey. I'm not speaking to the frozen chosen here today, church. Listen, God wants to pull you out. You know, about 15 minutes in my sermon, people's already thinking about their washing and where they're going to eat and, and what's happening. And i got to pay my taxes this week. What am I going to do with this next paycheck? What am I going to buy them for Christmas? Some of y'all is already thinking about Dillard's, J.C. Penney's, the mall. Y'all making trips to the outlet mall right now while I'm preaching. And we wonder why the devil is attacking and tearing. It's more than just a religious show on Sunday. If that's all we're giving Jesus, the devil's going to attack you. He wants an everyday relationship with you. This I recall to mind. I have hope, Jeremiah says. I may be damned. I've been whining to you, God. I've been mad at you, God. Oh, the devil's been whispering in my ear. He don't love you no more. That church don't love you no more. Why do you even go there on Sundays? Why are you involved and do what you do? God don't care about you. He's got a means of people to look after. He's looking for the upfronters, the talented, the one with abilities. Why do he want you? You don't have no ability. You can't sing. You can't do this. How do you think Satan gets in the church and keeps people from serving? That right there. If he gets you down to your low spot, he just keeps pounding you. They don't love you. They don't do this. The preacher ain't shook your hand in six weeks. Remember the last week you got sick, he didn't call. And you know what? He probably didn't because he's human and he forgets. Oh, I don't get a lot. Oh, don't shout me down, church. I'm defending me now. I get it. That's all right. Oh. If I'm not the next hospital meeting, don't get mad at me then. I got two hand claps. I'm human. 
He said, why are you preaching like that and saying that? Because you're allowing the devil to steal your joy. You don't know what's going on. Your first thing is, he didn't come there, he didn't call, he didn't do this. It's the devil. I drove up to Sherry the other day and seen Rose. And had to run back and get a part from a vehicle so I could make it home. But I didn't tell all of y'all. All you did was see me walk in pride and holy and happy. As Paul Harvey said, there's more to the story. Amen. See, I had feelings too, just like you. I get low. I get burned out. I get tired of seeing people preach the word, preach the word, and sit there like Kalijah, the wooden Indian. Thinking, boy, this sermon today is going to break their heart, Lord. This sermon today is going to set the, your word is like fire in their bones today when they leave here. They're going to smell like smoke. And preach it the next week, they're the same home. See, I get down too. It's, this, this, is, this is about the human. We all get down. The thing is, God don't want us to stay there. But to get up, I recall, he said, boy, the Lord just, the Holy Spirit recalled this to my mind. He said, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Your trial, your discouragement, your disappointment, everything you're going through today does not have to consume you. If we're going to break the strongholds in our mind and in our bodies, the strongholds that the enemy and trials are holding us down, listen, if we're going to break the strongholds that are in our lives, we've got to focus on God and His Word. Recall it to my mind, Lord. And here's the good thing about being a child of God and filled with the Holy Spirit and dwelt by the Spirit. I can be down and I can be driving down the road. And I love how God does this. I can be grumbling. How many of y'all ever grumble and drive? I don't know what it is, but the devil's good. I can get in an argument with me. And I can argue with me for a while. while I, man, especially when I got a... Like the other day, I went, and, um, I went and preached a funeral in Benton. So I left the church here and I drove all the way to the funeral home in Benton. It's amazing what the devil will do to you driving. I'm telling you what, before I got to Benton, some of y'all I didn't really like. <laughs> Amen? Don't you sit there like Holy Joe. You've been thinking about me. I mean, I'll get to thinking about something and this happened, that happened. I'm driving for long. It gets bigger and it snowballs. But right in the middle of it, Tad, the Holy Spirit will recall a verse to my mind. Or He'll convict my spirit and say, why are you thinking this way? Greater is He that's in you than is out there in that world. I can do all things through Christ. All of them. Well, I'm just still whining, God. Nothing will ever separate you from my mercies and my compassions, my grace, my love. Nothing. The devil himself will not separate you from him. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions, I love this, 
Compassions with a plural. Not just one. Well, that'd be bad if that said because of his compassion when you got saved. That'd be a one-time thing. This is plural. Because of his compassions, because of his compassions, they fail not. The next one, Michelle. They are new every morning. Great. 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 I'm going to wake you up in a minute. Great. Great. Over there, great. Great is his faithfulness. Y'all say new one time for me. Ready? New. One more time. They're new every morning. So don't be afraid. You're not going to use them up. Well, I'm putting mine in and saving them for a rainy day. No. They don't run out. You get a new dose every morning. Amen. That's great. Every morning you get a new dose of Jesus. I need some new stuff. Every morning I get some new stuff from Jesus. I don't have to wake up in the morning. Some of you may be angry. Some of y'all look pretty bitter right now. Well, we ain't. Well, tell that to your face. Amen. You may be grumpy. You don't have to leave here with that bitter feeling in your heart. You don't have to leave here today being uh, disappointed and discouraged and down and out. Why? Because new. His compassions, His mercy, His love, His grace, His anointing are new every morning. Amen? That's good stuff. You may go to bed mad at your wife and wake up happy in Jesus. That's my cover. Give it to me. Put that pillow underneath my head. We'll talk about this in the morning. I love real people. We go back to First John. I want to tell you why God pulls us up out of the pit when we're being attacked. When you're being attacked, how God can pull you up when you're feeling at an all-time low. He talks about the deceiver and Satan and what he does to the children of God in the previous verses. But you can write these down, guys, and go back and don't just believe this preacher. Go back and make sure I'm preaching what I'm saying. Amen? Amen. How many of y'all in here can read? All right. Go home. Look up 1 John 2 and the previous verses before because I don't have time to go to them. But the deceiver, talking about the children of God and going through trials of life and how the deceiver comes in to the child of God. And in verse 25, John writes, and this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. I mean, we, when you get saved, you're promised eternal. God, listen, when you get saved, you're in covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a covenant that he will not break. How do you know? Because he has covenant promises all throughout his Bible. Some of them covenants are contingent on us to be blessed because it'll say, if my people seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But that if, like if my, if we want revival, there, it's a contingency there. If we'll do, it's, our part's got to be some of it too. 
Yes, we want revival. It's more than saying head knowledge, I need revival. I need a revival in my heart, in my church, in this city of Hot Springs. That covenant is an if. But there's a covenant he made with Abraham, and it flows on down to us as children of God today because we're grafted in with him. We're, we're saved by the same blood, amen, through Jesus Christ. There's some covenant that Jesus says, nor death, nor angels, nor, nor anything will ever separate you from the love of God. And that, he, 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 read that in Romans 8. He lists a lot of things that can separate you from his love. But he, he, he makes a covenant with us. And in his Bible, there are covenant promises. And God's not a liar. His word says he lies not. The Bible says he changes not. The Bible also says in Romans 5, 8, while we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. That's love. When he died on the cross he put, and we accepted him as our Savior, we were in a covenant relationship non-binding with him. Man, it was a binding relationship that, listen, the devil can't break. This world can't break. Your disappointments can't break. Because if it would, that means Satan's powerful than Jesus. And we know that Satan is not, no matter what this world looks like today, guys, no matter how ugly it is, no matter how much it looks like the devil's getting the upper hand, sometimes you need to shout out, Satan! My God wins. You may be running around right now like a chicken with your head cut off in the middle of a trial, not going to know what to do. It's very relieving to me to know that it's only a season that's not going to last forever. But also how I get out of that is how I allow the Holy Spirit to rise up into my spirit and bring hope to me. Can we go back to First John now? I've been trying to get there four times. I'm still not where I want to be. And this is the promise that He has promised us eternal life. Next one. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. Satan, the enemy, the trials of life, the storms of life, anything that's trying to deceive you. Now here's the key. When you're down and out, in your low point, and, and I don't know about y'all, but most times when I think bad thoughts and depressing thoughts, it's when I'm laying in bed getting ready to go to sleep. At dark. I don't know about y'all, but this new time change, 7 o'clock feels like the new 11. I come through the house the other day, and Melvin's just sitting there in her chair. She is all wrapped up in her nice blankie. Had her little dog laying up beside her watching TV. And she goes, what time is it? I said, baby, it's only 7.20. It feels like it's 10.30. I just can't get used to this new time. It's deceiving. Man, imagine if that deceives your mind, imagine what Satan can do. And so when you're at your low point and you think there's no way out and Satan will come up in your low times and whisper in your ear, God don't love you. Oh, buddy, you messed up this week. You know how many cuss words you said this week? You know how many people watching you know you go to Pleasant Hill? <laughs> They'll never come there. And by the way, the people down at that church, they could care less. And I know the de that's the number one devil will try to use a bunch of that on y'all. 
Because whenever you're doing a good thing and you're on the right path, you better get expected the devil's going to come to deceive you and discourage you. And so when you're down and out at your lowest point, all of that's coming. You say, yeah, it's kind of like the... No, there ain't nothing comes through this ear. It rises. The ear that's Jesus, he that has an ear, let him hear. It's not no physical ear. Through the Holy Spirit and God's got you in a binding kind of covenant relationship through your spirit. It's called the anointing. The anointing of God rises up in you. The Spirit of God, it rises your faith. It's a, the Bible calls it a standard. It rises up in you and all of a sudden just starts recalling. Back to your mind, just as Jeremiah said in a few verses ago, this I recall to mind. You know who recalled it to him? The Holy Spirit. God Himself told him, said, Listen, I could be at my low point. And I mean, I'm really getting down and out. And all of a sudden, inside of me, the Holy Spirit just starts verses and scriptures and, and just stories of the Bible. Just It's like a picture going off in my head. And all of a sudden, I start watching. And y'all know me, it don't take much to get me off course. The Holy Spirit knows to distract me just enough to get me on my present downtime. And I just start watching. And I start listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm listening to scriptures. No, there's nobody over going, greater is He. I can do all things. There's no burning bush. Amen. My dresser didn't go poof, and there it was. Amen. I mean, I'm just driving down the road, maybe on my job, maybe in my office at my desk. I can even be talking to somebody, and the Holy Spirit will speak to me while I'm talking to Him. He makes His promises real in my heart through the power of the power that keeps you through eternity is the same power that speaks to you right here in your low time, in your storm. In your, if He can keep you through eternity, He can help you out of that little storm you're in right now. Amen. Amen. Then I start seeing how big God is and boy, then pictures start going off. Then God starts, I don't know about y'all, He does this to me. He starts using past my past victories. Poof. Man, I'm standing there and I'm like. He shows me that. I mean, spiritually, he shows me standing there going. He even showed me one one time and said, I'll be back. You know what I mean? <laughs> Satan, I'll be back. But he shows me. When I'm down and out and I'm discouraged, listen guys, when my faith is being trampled on and I don't have a lot of faith and my faith is weak, he zooms me all the way back to Children's Hospital, that bathroom. On the day when I got real with Jesus in a bathroom floor because I was at an all-time low. And I was broken. And y'all know the story. I've told it a thousand times. The next time, another picture comes up of victory. <laughs> I'm standing out behind Ragweed, behind my house, kneeling at a tree, saying, God, I'll do anything. Yes, I'll preach your word. Poof, there's another snapshot. And then there's another snapshot. Of our son coming across graduation. 
graduated. When there was no hope, this I got recalled to my mind. When it feels like all the devil and all the war, everything's just like flood comes just consuming your soul. He'll bring back, maybe you're going through a death or you've lost a loved one or through a divorce. Poof, He'll show you your victories. The Holy Spirit is the anointing of God that rises up in you to let you know you can do it. Not on your own strength, but through the help of Jesus Christ, you are more than a conqueror. I just want to encourage you this morning, guys. If you're here, you're not down and out. I look at Scott. It's not over for Scott. Amen. It's not over for Scott. Yes, he just went through a tragedy. But I guarantee you the, de- the devil's been in his ear. Amen, Scott? But also the anointing of God has been rising up in and showing him victories, victories. Little snapshots of victories have been going off in his heart. Now see, Aston. If anything, the Holy Spirit will bring Scott back into a loving relationship with your other daughters. That'll be real. That's a work of God. I look around at other folks in the church. Mary had just lost her sister last week. She always said she was like a mom to her. But I guarantee you, there was depressing. There was a downtime. Lord, why? Why is this happening to me? Why did you take her? But then all of a sudden, this I recall to mind. Poof. There's one of them snapshots. I remember when my grandma died, Mary. And I always thought, because me and Melvin just got married on Friday night. And uh, I remember when she first met Mevlin. She said, boy, she ain't bigger than a bar of soap. <laughs> remember that? I took you down to her house. First time my grandma ever met her. We've been, we've been dating for months, but she didn't got to meet her. And walked her in, I said, Granny, this is Mev. This is who I'm actually engaged to to marry in a few months. Well, she ain't bigger than a bar of soap. And the next thing she said, come on in, let me feed y'all. You didn't go nowhere without getting fed at Granny's house. If you wasn't hungry, eat anyway. Amen. But I remember that and I'm thinking, oh man, Granny's going to get to see us get married. We're getting married. Yes, she was there in our, in our pictures of our wedding. We've got pictures with her in the wheelchair and me and Melvin's right beside her. And I can remember a saying that she used to always say in church. Every time there was a testimony time, she'd say, I want to stand and say, I love the Lord because he first loved me. And I got to thinking as a kid, I'm going, that's pretty cool, man. That is a niche, niche phrase. I like it. I want to stand and testify and say, I love the Lord because he first loved me. I'm going, that's pretty cool, Granny. Then when I got to preaching and got older, it's First John 4, 19. We love him because he first loved us. She was quoting scripture. But I can remember going through the down times. I mean, she was at her wedding on Friday night. The next Friday night, we had a shower and God took her home. During our shower. And I was really down, Mary. I mean, at the funeral, I, and it's okay to cry at a funeral. Everybody thinks, oh, I've got to be mentally, I can't shed a tear. God's bottled them up. 
but I remember crying. But I remember even in the time of death and, and, and crying, snapshots, poof, poof. She wasn't in a wheelchair. She's running up down the streets to go trying to sell Avon. I mean, she sold Avon her whole life. And so I thank God the Holy Spirit was just trying to give me a funny of a snapshot of her in heaven with a thing of Avon going to sell somebody. See, we think God's some big guy in the sky with a long beard and a cane and shoots lightning everywhere. He's really a funny God. You're his child. <laughs> Amen. He really does have a sense of humor. He is the holy than holy. Listen, he's so holy that if, we, if he walked in, when you get to heaven... He's so holy, you'll fall down on your knees. You say, I won't. Yeah. The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue one day will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. I want to be there. I want to be there, Chad, because of all this stuff, devil, you put me through. How you've tried to hinder my walk with Jesus. How you've tried to hurt my family. How you've tried to hurt my church. I want to... I'm just, it's just me, okay? But when Satan's get going, I'm going to go, get down, devil! That's what you get for hurting my family, my church, my child. Kneel to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Because see, let me, I'm going to end with this. I got to. But listen, guys, sometimes you need to speak and quote scriptures to your circumstance. One of the greatest things we do with our prayer time with our pastors, when we meet and pray every Thursday, there's like 40-something of us pastors from Hot Springs pray every Thursday. When we start off, we start off with four or five pastors getting a group, and we always tell each other a praise, but also we bring a burden we have and want us to pray for it. But we never leave without praising Jesus. So don't always pray about being down in the dumps. Also pray a prayer of praise. Don't just tell him all the bad stuff. And why? Because the devil will sink you in depression while you're praying to your heavenly father. He'll get you. But I love this. And it's new to some. It was kind of new to me at first, but I'm just that type of guy. I want to jump in. That looks fun. We have a celebrating prayer before we leave. All the preachers, all 40 of us, there may be one preacher. If it was, and I know who it'll be this Thursday. I can tell you what preacher will be inside of our circle this Thursday. It'll be Ken Carney at First Nazarene. Because of his son getting killed in a car crash. It'll be Ken in the middle of that prayer. And we'll lay hands on him, we'll pray. But man, sometimes we was just talking as preachers. We need to celebrate, we need to pray pray, but we need to do more than just thank you, Jesus. We need to shout out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for my church. Oh, lift up, Brother Ken Carney. Lord, we want to celebrate and praise you today. All of us do that at once, at the top of our lungs. You ought to seen the janitor of the night one in bad, maybe Presbyterian church. 
Man, we were ringing that place. And if you can imagine 46 people standing up at the top of their voice praying as loud as they can pray. It rattles in them sanctuaries. Sometimes that's what you need to do. Don't sit back and just take it being abused by the devil. You're a child of the one true king. He died on the cross for you. He covered you in his blood. Don't sit back and just take it this way. Get up! And say, devil, listen. I love my wife because here's what's going to happen. Guys, you're going to be driving down the road and you're going to see some pretty woman in a tight, slinky dress or a picture on the side in a bikini. Some of them guys are going, mm, act like you ain't never seen one. <laughs> here's the deal with God. You can't lie to him because he already knows what you're thinking. <laughs> Isn't that great? And so as soon as you see that picture, that off-color picture, and temptation starts racing to your mind, I don't care what you got to do. Pull off on the side of the bypass and say, Satan, just speak to him. Quote scripture to him. Say, man, you're not getting in my head. You are not taking me back here where I was because the Holy Spirit just recalled to me that I'm a child of the King. And he always makes a way of escape during my temptation. Guys, we all have a choice. Now, we're living, listen guys, there's a lot of people out there that look at Pleasant Hill and say, they're a loud, emotional church. Well, yeah, they got a loud mouth preacher. Amen. I've had people say, you can't feel the building preaching like you preach. Ha! You just can't preach with that hell and fire stone preaching and running around spitting on them no more. You need a... That's why I at least try to get a jacket, guys. I want to look a little pastoral. Amen. I got tired of just blue jeans and a shirt. Whoa. Come. can't preach in it. I'll shake your hand and I just can't preach in it, okay? I love it. Bought it with my own money, picked it out myself. <laughs> Listen, guys, don't leave here in that pit. Let the Holy Spirit remind you of who you are in Jesus. Don't leave here with weak faith. Don't leave here doubting God. Don't leave here being discouraged in whatever situation. I don't, I don't know, but with a crowd this big, there's got to be some circumstances going on. And I don't know your circumstances. I don't have to. God gives me the word to put it out there, and he'll just reflect it right to your heart where it needs to go. Some of y'all are going, how do you know I was going through that? He must have knew me back 10 years. No, God does. But don't stay in your present condition. If you're disappointed, down and out, it's Christmas, guys. Let's, let's have a good Christmas. Amen. Don't go home like looking like a sour puss and getting all a rat race going on and, and, and get so busy and not enjoy the reason for the king that was born that died on the cross. Amen. It's not about all them presents. 
Make them some homemade gifts and say, I love you. Amen. Amen. I wish I could preach all day. All I'm saying is don't leave here discouraged. Can I do something different? I don't know. I know the praise teams, all, I mess them up all the time. I'm always, they'll practice songs and I change it on them. But Candace, can you come sing that song again? That, what was the name of that song? If you're honest, I love that. That's, that's the main part I called out of the song. See, Jesus Christ will meet you where you're at in your situation if you're honest today. He'll flood, he'll come in like a roaring lion to wrap his arms around you and hug you with grace, but you're going to have to open up and give your situation to him. Amen? And I don't know what you're going through. You may be doubting right now, disappointed, looking for a job. Your marriage is kind of, you know how holidays are and money situations. Maybe you've been arguing a little more with your spouse than you should be. That's the devil's first tactic is to get in your relationship and get you to squabble. And then he'll take you to bigger things. And bigger things. Before long, you're looking at each other saying, how did we get here? Well, it started way back up there. See, his compassions and mercies, his grace, his anointing, they're new every morning. You don't have to leave here. They can be new to you before you leave here. You can experience Jesus before you leave here. But don't stand there like, I'm not. I always love us as a pastor because some people, they're just not going to let go of the back of that seat. Or where they're standing, they're not going to move forward. Because soon as soon as the Holy Spirit starts giving you them snapshots of victory, the devil comes right back and says, you ain't got time. He's already preached way over. You need to go to the restaurant. Your family's waiting on you. You should have left 15 minutes ago. See, he's already trying to hurry you up past where you need to be with Jesus. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Lord, speak to us right in our situation. Do a, do a great and marvelous work right where we're at today. We don't have to have it all together. Lord, you're not expecting us to have it all together when we meet with you. Because, Lord, if we try to, that's most of our problem. No, it's my problem. When I try to fix myself and, and make myself the way I need to be, the whole time, you just let me do it, Lord. You let me get down and out and discouraged, and then all of a sudden your spirit rises up in me and recalls to my mind some great victories. And then all of a sudden you become bigger than my circumstance, Lord, and the devil, the enemy, the storm. Lord, there's some folks in here this morning, I pray that you'll become bigger in their eyes when they walk out of here this morning. Whatever they're going through, whatever situation is, church body, let's turn it over to Jesus this morning because at the altars right now, you may not be able to see it with your naked eye, but spiritually at the altars of up here in front, there is compassion, mercy, and grace. They're brand new. They've never been touched. They've never been experienced. They've never been felt. And they got your name on them. But you're going to step up by faith and boldly approach his throne of grace that he died on the cross for so you can experience. Here's what you need to say when we get up. Jesus, I need something new. 
Jesus, I need something new today. And he's waiting with his arms wide open at the altar waiting on you to come to him. Amen. Lord, have your way in this service. Whatever needs to be taken care of, let us do business with you this morning, Lord. Move in a mighty and real way. In Jesus' name, and everyone saying, Amen. Let's all stand quietly. Look up and repeat after me. Jesus, I need something new. Come to him this morning, church. Come, they're new every morning.